Through the lens of loving local and seeing global, we obsessively search for people whose stories need to be told and how OKC played a supporting role. Hosted by Katherine Buxton and Emmy Cobes, welcome to Action City. All right, here we are, episode two. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, seriously, we appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts, but we're so excited. Today we have Brian Bogert, our conversation with him just such a cool guy. We're so excited he came to speak with us. Um, such a champion for Oklahoma City. So before we get to that, Catherine, what was your pit? What was your peak of this last week? Well, actually, this week, there was a really great peak. And my I have a 14-year-old daughter. She's a freshman in high school. She'll probably die if she knew I was talking about her on this podcast. But Thursday night, they had a pep rally for school. And the pep rallies at her school, she goes to Cassidy, have been notoriously bad over the years. And so I don't really ever expect much. She's 14, so she's pretty grumpy in general, and everything is sort of horrible. So she stayed on Thursday. They'd move the pep rally till after school, and she said, Mom, ugh, we have pep rally after school, and uh, can you pick me up late? And I said, sure. So she called me when she was ready. I went to pick her up, and she got in the car, and she said, Mom, that was the best night of my life. She's like, I loved it. It was so much fun. You can't even imagine. First of all, the highlight of the entire thing was fireworks. They ended the pep rally with a fireworks display that I could see from my house. They played amazing music. A friend of hers who's a junior was emceeing the entire thing, and he called her down to do the TikTok dance challenge, which, I mean, who even knows what that is, but it was like summer TikTok dances, and they had 10 people lined up on the field, and they played all the music from all the TikToks, and you had to do the dance, and if you couldn't do the dance, then you got out. So she got up there and did that. She said the juniors were swaying, and the seniors were crying, and she felt like she was in a teenage movie, which, by the way, is my dream, to be in a teenage movie. And she was so happy, and I almost started crying because I'd never really seen her that excited about something. And so it just gave me a lot of hope for the future. And I was so happy that that she was happy. Yeah. I mean, what a great experience. I, I can't. Know. And they've really stepped up the pep rally world now and they're going to have to keep it going. I mean, so. Uh, don't you just live for those memories too? Yeah. Like she will carry that with her for the rest of her life. And like that will be always that like awesome night and. Yeah. Is it? And she said that. I think she recognized that. She's like, Mom, I'll always remember this. Oh, I love what, what, what I like, what, how introspective of her or I, extra, what is, yes, I don't know. Yes, what, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, I don't think when I was 14, I was like, this is a defining, I mean, maybe a little bit, but not on that scale. It's like, that's so, that's, I mean, very mature of her to be able to, to recognize. And I'm sure right now too, it's like with everything going on. And, you know, I just want to say on this podcast, like, We know what's going on in the world. We're going to try to keep it as light as possible. So we are not trying to be tone deaf or not bring up things. But just so you know, like that's kind of our our viewpoint. But like good for her for like understanding how important that was, especially right now when things are tougher. Um, Freshman freshman year of high school is I don't think it's the same. Well, it's not (laughs) good. I don't think it's wonderful for anybody. What what an awkward age. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. But I know that. And then she had a great weekend with her friends because it was really homecoming weekend. And so it was it was nice to see her in her element and happy. And so that was really my peak. And I've been trying to think about the pit of my weekend. I think the pit was Jim had to take Gracie to a soccer, some soccer games in Dallas, and I didn't get to see her play soccer. And I really, no. you know, I only have six more years with her. And so that'll be it. And then I'll be done with kids. And I really don't want to miss a moment. So that was probably my my pit. What about you? What what happened at your house? I'll start with my pit. So this is kind of weird, but like about every like, I don't know, year, two years, like this does not happen often, but I have a night of insomnia. Like oh, I just, and worst. it's, oh my gosh. And I'm normally like in bed, like I'm asleep at 10. My internal clock wakes me up at about 645. Like, I, I mean, that's over eight hours. Like I am a sleeper. Um, and yeah, last Thursday, I just like 10 o'clock rolled around. I was wide awake. 11 o'clock rolled around. I was wide awake. So then after that, you know, I tried to do the sleep playlists. I tried to listen to a podcast. I tried to listen to a book. Then I tried to read. And then I like literally was like, I need to get up. And so I started like organizing my closet. (laughs) Like it was just, yeah. And it's just like, it's insane how, 
And the next day I was just like a zombie. I mean, it was insane. But yeah, it sucks. And like, obviously, this only happens to me very not very Did you very accidentally often. drink coffee? Because I, I know that you can't drink coffee. So did I'm, you- Yeah, like, I'm pretty- you have I'm some pretty, caffeine you didn't know about? <laughs> I, I wish it was that simple. I think it's just like, it was like time for that night. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was just- So I ended up putting on like, for some reason, season one of The Office, I can like just, it's it makes me snooze. So I, I finally fell asleep at about 4.30. Oh, and it takes several days to recover from that. As you get yeah. older, it takes longer and longer to recover. From yeah. So that was like, sleeping. yeah. So that was Thursday night. And then Friday night was Friday. Well, we, the whole weekend was a peak. It was just a fun weekend. And it's been a while since I've had like a really fun weekend. And I don't mean that in the sense of, I just mean like things going on. But so Friday, it would have been my husband and I's 10-year dating anniversary. So we kind of just celebrated it because it was like 10 years of us together so it's a long time it is and so I mean we've been together since we were like children I feel like but it was so fun like we you know we had dinner with the kids well we ate like they ate we were there and then after they went to bed we opened like a nice bottle of wine Jeff made us dinner he made like crab cakes and steak which is like you know we don't thank really... goodness he's such a good chef he's a way. wonderful chef definitely. Like... yeah but it was just very cathartic so on our first date we did s'mores like we had like this restaurant in Fort Worth that was their specialty dessert is they bring out this like little like tiny um like flame I guess I don't know but so he makes s'mores at the table so we did that on our first date we did that when he proposed we did that we had s'mores at our wedding so then we had s'mores on Friday well okay so when you're cooking the s'mores do you do it over the stove or does he build a fire and you do it in the fire do you go outside how so, do you do the s'mores and how do you like your marshmallows that's like my oh yeah yeah question well this is a debate with us too like the marshmallow crispiness but no so like we for we only had ch- pinion wood for our chimenea and i was that like it tasted weird, yeah so yeah. we just yeah we our gas range we just like cranked it up and it was great and then he bought this like special chocolate from whole foods that was like you know somewhat healthy ish yeah, right yeah. like whatever well, of course it was um, but yeah, I, I'm like a, like, I like it to be golden with like parts of it black. He likes the whole thing black. Like, does he like the whole thing black with it kind of cold in the middle? No, no, no. Gooey. Gooey in the middle. The whole That's thing kind is, of how I like it. And but that takes some patience. It does. But no, well, he just goes for it. He like, right, like puts and it. it goes it, all the way to the mm-hmm. core of the marshmallow. Oh, this is... You have to get the flame pretty hot though. I don't oh, know. It's, true. it's honestly easier on the burner than it is on like. Um, but yeah, so it was, it was a great weekend too. Cause then we ended up Saturday night we went with another couple to Lua. Um, why am I the only one that hasn't been there? I've been begging Jim to take me and he will not take me. Oh, I'm, it's so I'm good. I'm it's going by myself. <laughs> we can go, <laughs> we can go for sure. But it was really good. So it was just one of those weekends where it was like enough was going on where it was really fun. Um, but you know, just, it was fun. Well, good. I was also, Really looking forward to this morning because this was our oh, yeah. first morning of recording with actual guests. Yes. And I I loved it. I was a little bit jittery and I think it was so much fun hearing people's stories always gives me energy to go back out into the world. So I think that just even listening to our guests this morning has got me pumped up for the week. I agree. I feel like my best ideas come from after talking to people whose stories are inspirational and or just aspirational, too. It's like I I aspire to be like Brian and Andrea. Like they're just both like really amazing entrepreneurs who have really kind of figured out why Oklahoma City is the wonderful things about it, but then also have brought things here that, you know, we all appreciate. So anyway... Okay, so let's get to our conversation with Brian Bogart, co-founder of The Social Order. And now a word from our friends at The Social Order. Every restaurant, every team, every time. The Social Order is invested in the renaissance and continued growth of our great state of Oklahoma. Whether it's creating a new concept or furthering the success of an existing brand, We believe in raising our standards and never settling for less than the best. With our dining and drinks concept 747 in Norman, our seven Fuzzies taco shop locations, previously Texadelphia Social Grill in Oklahoma City's Brooktown, the Jones Assembly on Historic Film Row, and Spark coming soon to Scissortail Park, the Social Order is making a difference on how Oklahoma lives, plays, and eats. For more information, go to www.thesocialorder.com. Welcome to Action City. 
today we have Brian Bogert, one of the co-founders of The Social Order, also just all-around nice guy. So you were actually born in Stillwater? No, I was... Oh, I, shoot. Well, First I, fact is wrong. No, that's... Okay, <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I, I was born in Oklahoma City. Oh. Um, but quickly moved to Stillwater. My parents had me at a young age, and they both went to... Uh, both went to Oklahoma State, so I moved to Stillwater with them. Went to elementary school in Stillwater. I used to hang out like in the student union game room while they'd go to class. And wait, and, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah I, I think remember. that actually tells me a lot. About yeah, it. yeah. Now that I know that, I mean, my dad will not admit to this, but I clearly, vividly remember him being like, "Okay, here's a roll of quarters, like you know, a ten dollar roll of quarters." you know, play video games. There was this place called Le Mans and he was like, I'm going to, I've got to run to class. And I remember like putting in quarter after quarter. And I remember all these either high school or college kids coming and playing me on like super Pac-Man or Pac-Man or something. And I just remember them asking me over and over because I kept beating them. They're like, do you have a pattern? Do you have a pattern? And I remember like my dad coming back and crying because I didn't know what the word pattern meant. <laughs> I was too young to know what it meant. You had a pattern. You yeah. just didn't know yeah, you had, had a pattern. Yeah, apparently obviously. I had one. So you were know. like five years old hanging out yeah. with college kids. Yeah. That's – I think that – yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So like you're you're um, able to connect with people Early on. <laughs> I, I think so. Maybe the one of the reasons yeah. you went back to college after college, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be a Norman. Exactly. I, Never yeah. wanted to leave. Never wanted to leave. <laughs> so you come back to Oklahoma City at, at some point. You what go age? to How old were you? So let's see. After – I think I went to – through kindergarten in Stillwater and then moved back to Oklahoma City – it for first grade. Gotcha. Yeah. And did you start Heritage in first grade? No, or I went were you... to Quill Creek gotcha. Elementary. So then you, <laughs> you end up at Heritage. I'm getting to this because I know that you have been a huge supporter, obviously, of Heritage since you graduated from there. And you've spent a lot of time working with them in many different capacities. I have, yes. But I just remember looking at like Heritage and Cassidy and my dad at that time coached football at John Marshall. And so he was really in with like um, the OSSAA and the, you know, that program and the state championships. And, and I was really into tennis at that time and uh, tennis and baseball. He's not into it anymore though. (laughs) (laughs) Just got off the court. Um, So I think that's basically why I ended up going to Heritage Hall because he was like, you're going to compete for a state championship. So I think at that point I didn't really have a choice. And and I think there were only like three or four of us from Quill Creek that, that went to Heritage Hall. So it was a whole new group, a um, whole new group of people. But Well, and they had been together probably their whole lives or a lot of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure that's a little bit of adjustment mm-hmm. being a new kid. I mean. Abs- yeah, absolutely. And just like a different way of teaching and how the classrooms were set up. So going right into a middle school and a different school was, you know, a little different, but uh, obviously it made some sort of impact on me (laughs) because I haven't been able (laughs) to get away since. (laughs) I think I finally somewhat um, broke free when I stopped coaching, but you know, now my dad and brother still coach there. So there's always a connection. Yeah. My brother is the head football coach and my dad retired. He was at John Marshall for 10 years and then Heritage Hall for, I think, 15, retired. My brother took over and then my brother convinced him to come, come back, back to kind of be the offensive coordinator up in the booth. Wait, so, that's awesome. So, yeah. Wait, so my math, I'm like trying to think about this. So was he the <clears throat> football coach when you played? He was at John Marshall. Oh, when, my, okay. And after I graduated, the year after he came. That's nice. Yeah. Wait, I, did you actually play football or did you play I did. tennis? You I did. did, yeah. How were your football skills? I mean, did um, they, they were, meet the family they, requirements they or were, no? They did not <laughs> they meet the family not. requirements. It was kind of like I was fast, so just go ahead and, and play. But, I mean, I spent all of my time, like, in my youth on the tennis court. And my dad was coaching at other schools, and I just – 
I don't know. I never got into it until kind of I realized, oh, I may be able to, to play this sport. And then by that time, I was like on the depth chart right below Lee Welker and the oh, yeah, Welker. Sorry. So I was, I was like, gonna, sorry about that. A little yeah. behind the curve there. Yeah. I was going to ask <laughs> if you were there during the Welker. Yes. Like, yeah. Well, and that's a, I mean, Heritage has always had a reputation for like this like sports powerhouse. I mean, I think a, a lot of their sports, like I played volleyball and mm-hmm. those girls, holy cow. <laughs> like it was, you know, it was just, it was always like that. So. Yeah. I, I feel like it got pretty serious about the time. Um, maybe I was towards my junior or senior year, but then I feel like after I left, it really became, I mean, you know, a lot of alumni started coming back and coaching, and that sort of made um, all the difference, in my opinion, because you had all these specialized. It wasn't just like a history teacher coaching the tennis team, you know, yeah. it was, or a math math coach or math teacher yeah. coaching the football team. It was actual skilled position players that had played there that came back and gave their knowledge. So I think that's when it really kind of turned. Yeah. I have heard that before. I've talked to a lot of people about, about what the magic sauce, the secret sauce is. <laughs> well, so did you play tennis in college? You played SMU? I didn't. Um, I thought about it. Um, and then like the first week I got to uh, SMU, that went out the window. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was like, like, wait a minute, I could play tennis all day like, long or I could go hang yeah, out with my friends. Yeah, I was like, Greek football life, game. Uh, yeah. getting taken wait, out okay, and so free what bar year, taps. What year did you graduate from college? Uh, 99. So what was like Dallas like in, during that time? Dallas, in my opinion, was like Oklahoma City five years ago. Okay. so or, and, and like kind of Oklahoma City right now. Um, it had that big city but small town feel then, mm-hmm. which has since <laughs> evaporated. Yeah, we're, we're since completely yeah. It disappeared. has left the building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> left the building. <laughs> but it did have that um, – I mean, I remember, like, you could get anywhere in Dallas, kind of like mm-hmm. Oklahoma City. You could be like, oh, I'll be downtown for this and then make it up to Edmond for this an hour and a half later. Uh, you could get anywhere, I feel like, in Dallas, and you still, like, knew enough people and, and you know, knew all the little hole-in-the-wall bars and restaurants, and, you know, now that, like, changes weekly. Yeah, that's the bummer about Dallas, because my <laughs> husband and I lived there after we graduated from TCU, and, yeah, it's like now we go back, and I'm like, yeah, you can't get from Highland Park even to downtown. Mm-hmm. It's like crazy. The traffic, I mean, I don't want to talk about traffic, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like. Everybody in Oklahoma City wants to talk about traffic. Oh, I remember when we moved topic. here from Dallas and people were like, God, oh, that thunder traffic. And I was like, are you kidding? This <laughs> yeah. is great. Yeah. yeah, I can go down class and get home in 10 minutes from yeah. the thunder game. <laughs> well, what do you think? I mean, I'm sort of jumping ahead a little bit. That makes me think we were, we had talked to Andrea Ridley mm-hmm. as well today. And we we talked about Oklahoma city and sort of where it is now and where it's going. And we, we did sort of talk a little bit about Dallas. How do you keep the small town feel, but with the big time attractions in Oklahoma city and have it not end up being a huge city where you can't get it? Like, what's the secret to that? I mean, is there a secret or is it just the trains on the track and there's nothing you can do? I feel like kind of the sweet spot is managing the density. Um, I mean, Dallas is so dense now. There's so many people that are temporarily living in that city um, versus, you know, when I was there at SMU, it was super livable, easy to get around. There weren't a, you know, there wasn't an apartment complex or a high rise condominium on every every single corner. Um, So I feel like we definitely still have room to grow. But I think once you hit that like 3 million plus density, it, just there's no turning back. And I, I'm not sure Oklahoma City will ever get to that population level. I mean, potentially, but uh, I, I just don't know. It, it, Dallas just kind of exploded. I mean, it was, it just happened so quick. Well, with Andrea, I was saying like in Dallas, I didn't feel like the loyalty. Like she was mm-hmm. talking about how people in Oklahoma City are so loyal. And I agree. It's like we are so loyal to local business. You know, mm-hmm. in Dallas, there's Neiman's, there's Nordstrom's, there's whatever. Like the local boutiques, it's like impossible for them. It's a and fickle market. Yeah, for in restaurant, restaurants. Yeah, I, it's yeah. like I feel like the new restaurant would open mm-hmm. and everybody would just go there. I mean, there are 
obviously there are some really awesome original restaurants in Dallas, but like few and far between, you know what I mean? Like, I think there's always a new concept and people just flock to it and then they're there for six months and then it's like on to the next one. Yeah. I feel like here, like at least with the Jones and not to totally skip ahead, but I feel like it's, it's worked because the concept is cool, but yet like we go, it's a staple for us. Mm -hmm. It's not just like, oh, we went there. It was cool. Now we're like it, you know. Yeah. It's part of your routine. Yeah. It's part of our routine. It's part of like, it's like when we want to go have a fun drink, like it's our first stop. So I don't know. I think Oklahoma city, it's just like the mindset Mm -hmm. because we don't have a lot of huge chains. I mean, we do, but it's not like it is there. Yeah. And I think, you know, Dallas is such a great, I mean, it's one of my favorite cities to visit now. And I think that's like kind of something I love to do is travel and visit all these other cities. But at the end of the day, you know, do you know who your neighbor is? Do you know who you can call if you need to get X, Y, Z? If you need a guest and, on yeah, a new and, podcast, do you know who to call? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everything, you know, that's just how I felt as I was building my career in Dallas. I was like, I just don't know that I'll ever develop that in that city like I could have in Oklahoma City. So was that one of your driving forces to come back? I think I saw opportunity and just a need um, for certain things in Oklahoma City. So my thought was, okay, I can come and build this sort of group, this restaurant group in Oklahoma City and do these things from other cities that I've seen and love and think that Oklahoma City would embrace and at the same time do something just to help make Oklahoma City a little bit cooler. Yeah, I love that. So you you met, did you meet Manny at SMU? At SMU, yeah. Okay, so you're co-founder in the social order, correct? Yes. Okay. And so was he from Oklahoma City too? No, he uh, was from Arkansas. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, we were in the same fraternity and we both, I worked at Anderson Consulting, which while I was there, changed to Accenture, mm. which is one of the largest, I think it is the largest management consulting companies in the world. He worked for the Richards Group, oh, gosh. marketing, PR. And we just kind of got to the point where we were like, okay, we were tired of this, like, you know, corporate office job working 70, 80 hours a week, you know, for someone else. And so we just, we both worked at restaurants, like all through, High school, Manny worked at restaurants in college, and uh, we were just like, you know, let's just give it a chance and see if we can do it. And and I don't know why. We just kind of dove into it, and we're like, we're going to make this happen. And Manny would work the grill. I'd work the cash register or vice versa, and we were just there every single shift. We were like, we're going to make this work. And we didn't stop doing that until we opened our next concept and our next restaurant, and that's kind of how we've always done it. We've we've stuck around and made sure we're there hands-on until it's running smoothly, and then we've opened new stuff. We really haven't ever, I don't feel like, rushed to to open something. We've waited for the right time. Left your jobs and decided to do Texadelphia. How old were you? 24. What? Manny was probably 23, 22. That's incredible. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty, you know, it's brave, but at the same time, it's what, what do you have to lose? It's not like you've got a family and a huge house and a, you know, bills to, it's just you guys. And you could go work at the grill every day in the the cash register and (laughs) see how it went. I mean, And you made made the point, like, you know, I loved SMU. I would not change. I mean, it was like the best experience I ever had, but I always did feel like, I missed out a little bit on that like OU football experience or that OSU, like that big college feel. And so the idea of going back and living in Norman and it's like, okay, well, I can kind of get the best of both worlds. Well, I didn't even really, when we were sort of prepping for this, I I said to Emmy, I said, Brian went to SMU. I was like, I didn't even really realize that. I sort of always assumed you went to OU because yeah. Cause of Norman. Because of Texadelphia yeah. and 747. And yeah. I was like, well, he's such a staple in in the Norman <laughs> world. I, You just kind of slid right in. Because yeah. you had started out in college, obviously. You went to college early on, zero to four. And then, <laughs> and then you left for a while yeah, and you exactly. went back. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Well, and like not to totally get off track, but like I think maybe an arcade is in your future. Like <laughs> the next concept. I feel like we should already be... have too many of those. I, well, I, I know. A <laughs> really chic place where you can go yeah, play go Pac-Man play. would be Good like, idea. Hey, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, that Pac-Man machine, we ended up 
having one at my house when we moved back to Oklahoma City because I played it so often and it was in our first Texadelphia in I mean it's the only video game I can actually play. There's not <laughs> one other video game I, I can't can play. play I never do Super Mario Brothers and really after that that was it's over. Oh, and like, I don't even know what my kids are doing. No. It's like yeah, I was like the twisted metal generation. Like <laughs> I remember don't even that, know what one? that is. Yeah. yeah, I was so bad. It was like the, it was, don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't need to worry about that, do I? Um okay, so you're you've opened Texadelphia with Manny mm-hmm. in 747, correct? Yep. And then Fuzzies? What came next? Uh well, so 747, 747 was a monster that. for a while. That took up, I mean, I think it was five years before I even had the energy. So what, okay, so what year did you open 747? We opened, let's see, Texadelphia 2003, 747 in 2005. And then, yeah, it took five years. The next thing we opened, we redeveloped uh, Texadelphia and kind of created our own brand, Texadelphia Social Grill, put that downtown so that was our that was our third okay then, so okay and then and during that time was when we got approached by uh our partners from fort worth about developing or helping helping them build fuzzies in in the oklahoma market so fuzzies norman came along pretty quickly after texadelphia bricktown gotcha okay and like so seven forty seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it was <clears throat> it was the bar, or it is yes. still is, it the, is bar. the bar. Well, currently we are not we have not opened back up. Oh wow! So we closed on March like twelfth or whatever. Yeah, whatever yeah. the date was, and then we weren't sure what was going to happen with OU football and game days, and so we were kind of playing it by year, and we just had no desire to monitor and kind of police. I college mean, kids in the middle of a pandemic yeah, yeah. how no. could you in that pl- like that would be impossible like i mean it's a big space it's but a huge space yeah. yeah and it's been that's been 15 years yeah 15 years this september so we don't know what we're gonna do i i mean do you guys own the building or yeah i own the building okay. um, and the building's pretty it, yeah it's yeah. like uh like, i would say it's one of the few remaining historical buildings on campus corner everything else has kind of been torn down or redeveloped but it's a great art deco i think it was built in the 30s the old university cleaners it's it's one of the prime pieces of real estate on campus corner i think well when you open back up i want to go that <laughs> no here's i will go but i'm not waiting in that line uh, yeah i want oh, yeah, to like a special pass <laughs> i'm too old to wait in that line okay well so we're I'll thinking there, about but... for bedlam potentially opening like just for that day and just selling tickets and only allowing like a small amount of people in just so you know but we don't know. We'll Wait, see. is this an Action City exclusive? Yeah, it is. Oh, it's yes! an Action City exclusive. Okay, you heard it here first. <laughs> heard it here first. I mean, if it doesn't happen, don't. Come I want to get to the name at some point too. I'm going to turn flip the script. Oh, about Action. Oh, yeah, about yeah. Action okay. City. Um, but uh, so I, I told you I went to TCU. Yeah. So Fuzzies is like, it is the best. Like, <laughs> it, you know, it reminds me of college. I mean, yeah. the the original Fuzzies is in Fort Worth, and so when I remember when I met you because that it was like. My mom just was like, hey, he opened the fuzzies. And I was like, he's a celebrity. <laughs> like, it's a big <laughs> deal. But um, I think we met at the country yeah, club. Yeah, we did. Like, yeah, because mm-hmm. our moms were friends I think I probably, through junior league yeah, or something. I think I freaked out because <laughs> you were like fuzzies. And I'm like, no way. Like, that's so <laughs> cool. And I'm sure it was like, I mean, I knew people probably knew about fuzzies. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying I was special in that regard. <laughs> but I think being in Oklahoma City, it's like you probably didn't get as big of a reaction <laughs> from another stranger, possibly. But um, so you opened fuzzies. Well, you were supposed to consult. Yes. And like, so the plan wasn't to own it, right? The plan was to kind of have a six-month contract, help them get it open, um, help them kind of market promote fuzzies in this and then i think the week we got open they were like all right so <laughs> now we need you take it back. <laughs> sign right yeah here. <laughs> yeah we need you to be partners in this deal so that's when we kind of worked out that we bought the entire area the whole state of oklahoma so how many locations are there we will ha- or we have seven now and our eighth in yukon will open probably april may awesome 
That's so exciting. So yeah, it's yeah. like it's crazy how a six month thing turns into now. Yeah. How has it has evolved? So you had ten the f- year, eleven year yeah. deal. You opened the first one in Norman. Mm-hmm. You, when you opened the second one, what did you change? What did you update? What what was different about it? Let's see. Was the second one Chisholm Creek? No. Second one was Bricktown. Oh, Brick. Oh, I forgot about Bricktown. Um, <clears throat> so that was our second one. So we didn't have like a ton of uh, room to do much different there. I feel like in Stillwater, we really kind of uh, started ramping it up. Um, it was a very unique building, had a bunch of different levels. We built a bar out back on the patio that has swings for bar stools, which is like the fun. It's like this such your dream? a dream. Were yeah. you like, I'm going to have a bar with swings? <laughs> it, it was like, no, you went to like, Mexico. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly. Like my, fav- my parents' favorite spot in Playa, it's just this little hole in the wall Wait, called Pez Vila. We literally Pez Vela. went there my senior year spring yeah. break. <laughs> yeah. Special reservation for the swing. I mean, or is it like first no, I think come, it's first, first come, serve. first serve. Yeah. So, it, it, but all are all your locations open now? Yes. Okay. Um, 747 is the only concept we have not opened back up. And we were in the middle of uh, opening Spark, which is our new concept oh, yeah. in the park. And we put that on pause. Um, that should open up sometime this spring, summer, hopefully, yeah. if we ever get out of this I'm really, mess. well, I mean, this was really my, some of my final questions, but you know, I'm looking forward to the custard machine. Oh, I know. This is, I know this is oh. poor Brian. He does not want to see me or talk to me anymore. <laughs> about the custard all machine. All I do is ask about the custard machine. So in Spark, there's going to be a custard, custard machine. machine. We went to Scoop School mm. in St. Louis. It's like a dream come um, true. Which, uh, Ted Drew's is like the most famous custard place in, I guess, St. Louis and Milwaukee somehow are the custard capitals, Everybody has capitals thing, of the yeah. United States. So, uh, but we went to scoop school in St. Louis to learn how to like make the real traditional custard. And Catherine has been asking I got me word to move of that. it. She was like, can you just move it to the Jones temporarily? <laughs> I wanted to put it in the, you know, where you check in at the Jones. Oh yeah. And there's all those windows. I'm like, can't you just make like a little... Wind, a walk-up window, and can you? He's like, no, no, no. Or the plumbing, just, the thinking, whole, yeah, it's it's plumbing. a whole situation. You know, she get a she give up part of Greta to have I'm it there. You could, yeah, I will can, take everything out of Greta, and you can put the custard machine. Yeah, right she'll manage. She'll she'll do the maintenance. She'll do everything. <laughs> Going back to the Jones, we haven't. Yes. I mean, we touched on it. We haven't completely dived in. So the concept. So this is your first original concept. Or well, seven forty-seven was. Yeah, seven forty-seven was, and then. um We've kind of molded the yeah, two was, franchises that we have into. I was going to say, I said yeah, that, and then I was yeah. like, wait, this No, but is it's not... true. It's true. Um, you maybe couldn't have done the Jones had you not done Texadelphia Fuzzies and 747 yeah, before, right? I mean, we learned Those... everything as 20-somethings on, on the restaurant. Like, it was crash course. We think we're really smart and know how the restaurant, how this is going to work, and we didn't know anything. So that Texadelphia and Norman is the reason why we have – a restaurant group now. And 747 is probably the reason we have the Jones. I love that. So <laughs> the Jones in, so I took my, I, every time I bring people in town, mm-hmm. I take them to the Jones. I just think it's not only beautiful, the food's great, the drinks are awesome. Like you, it's Thank just you. the full package. Thank you. But I brought my sister-in-law and brother-in-law and he, I'm not even kidding. We like walk in and he calls, he's from, he lives in Fort Worth. He's in real estate. He like calls his developer friend. He's like, Hey, you got to look at And like, he was taking pictures and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if they would do this in Fort Worth. We get a, I mean, I would say every major development in every major city has contacted us at this point. What do you say? <clears throat> we just, you know, kind of say, this is, we did this for Oklahoma City. We didn't do it like to do this other places. Um, and that's kind of what we've committed. People are like, why don't, why isn't there a Fuzzies in Tulsa? Or why haven't you done anything in Tulsa yet? And we probably will get there, but. My intention of doing this has always been to help build up Oklahoma City. And that's kind of why I asked about the name because we used to joke and call, like when I moved back here, call Oklahoma City Action City because it'd be really 9 o'clock at no night action. and there were no rush. You know, it was like Deadsville. You could shoot a cannonball down Western. And I just remember being so frustrated because, you know, my life living in Dallas – Graham, Colton, and I, you know, we'd go to Gypsy Tea Room, Trees, Man, like our mm-hmm. whole group. It was two or three live shows a week 
We'd always go out to eat. Like, you didn't have to get off your couch in your apartment till nine and could eat at any great restaurant in the city and just moved back here and it was sleepy. And so it kind of became a joke that, oh, yeah, here in Action City. But then, you know, it actually started happening. And last weekend or no, like a couple Thursdays ago, my friend Nader and I tried to go to four different places and there was a wait at all of them. And he was like, man, and he just moved back from Dallas. He's like, I'm impressed at Oklahoma City. Yeah. It's like you got to be careful. There's people what you out wish and go. For, yeah, you know? I know. Right? I know. Because I mean, you obviously when everything closed at nine, there were no lines, and now <laughs> you can't go anywhere without making yeah. a reservation. And yeah. I'm horrible at that, and so I get so I'm like, ah, oh, I love that there's so many great places, but I got to be a little more organized. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is good because you really have to think about it now. It's like, yeah, you can't mm-hmm. just walk into anywhere. But. Well, it's good that people like you are telling the story because I don't think we do as a city, a good enough job letting the outside world know what's going on here. Like, you know, none such wins Bon Appetit Restaurant of the Year, and, like, we hear about it, but, like, the rest of the world doesn't. We don't use that to promote our, you know, our culinary scene, our craft cocktail scene, you know, retail. Like, it's just... I feel like as a city, we need to tell this story more. I agree. That was kind of, well, and so Action City, and now I'm realizing this is kind of crazy. So my husband's uncle, who went to SMU, Uh but he graduated, I think, in like 86, 87. All of his guy friends called Oklahoma City Action City. (laughs) Really? Yes. And so- It must have been from the 80s in the- In the oil boom, right? Or that I guess the early 80s. Right. And so it's funny because I didn't even put the SMU thing together, but- yeah, so whenever I would, like, talk to him, be like, how's Action City? And I just, like, <laughs> I was like, I know you're kind of saying it, like, ironically, but now it's true. It's, like, this whole energy, the vibe is, like, it's just all happening. So that's where the name came from. But That's, that's great. Yeah. That's, I could, well, so Emmy was saying earlier, when her parents moved here from California, no, where did... They moved from Phoenix was the last stop, but they okay. lived in, like... Omaha, Florida, Atlanta, Phoenix. And they were probably the only people that moved to Oklahoma City in like a you know 12 month time frame when they moved here and everyone was saying, "Why'd you move here? Why'd you move here?" Yeah. Well, they would they would say, "Thank you." Like exactly. people, people thank you yeah. and why? Yeah, exactly. But the amount of I think that's the huge difference from when I was growing up. You know, I lived here till I was 16. I moved away for 15 years mm-hmm. and I moved home. Nobody came and went when we were growing up. I mean, I don't know if you yeah. guys felt like this. I mean, maybe you're younger than Brian and I are, but there was nobody that moved here and nobody that left. And it was all the same people. And that is completely different now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, now I'm, I have friends that move from all over the world. And when they leave, I'm crushed because I'm not used to that. I know. There, there was you, – you were – friends with these people and they were friends for life not that they won't be but it's the coming and going of people that i think is the huge difference for me and i don't think we would have that if we didn't have things like the jones and we didn't have mm. people like brian and andrea and you know the, all the people that we want to interview making a difference here and it makes it so much more interesting and dynamic and i mean i love that i moved home i love living here yeah, I mean, I think you can relate being in Dallas. You were like, wait, I can buy a what size house here? Yeah. Or I can make, I can work my butt off and make X amount, but then it costs like this much to mm-hmm. go to dinner. It just, yeah, it's like there's something magical about the fact that the cost of living here is, it's good. And like, and it doesn't mean, it doesn't cheapen it. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like we, there's still wonderful places and yeah, like places like the Jones where like the ingredients are great. Like you just, it, you feel good eating it. Um, but yeah, I think too with COVID, like I have a lot of friends from high school who were living in San Francisco or New York or these places and yeah. now they're moving. They thought they were coming to like extended visits and now they're, now, they're, never, yeah, they're, yeah. now they're, yeah. So I love that for us, for sure. I agree. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I think the. Oklahoma City's sort of secret sauce is just the authenticity of it. You know, I mean, like, you know, you have the Keep Austin weird, and Mm. and then there were the other towns in Texas that had Keep Dallas douchey. And it's like, (laughs) well, yeah, that's kind of of the thing. And I love Dallas, don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's just like Keep Oklahoma City authentic. Like, that's the key of not having it grow into this monster Something that nobody not, wants but right. just just keep it authentic so are you making the t-shirt 
<laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. let's do it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Copyright it. I love it. Um, so what is like next for social order? Like what is on the horizon for you guys? So the next thing we open will either be just whatever comes down to the wire first, I guess, is either Fuzzy's Yukon. Do we really want to open a restaurant in the middle of this? Like our whole model, like our business model of how we're going to order or you know, now we pretty much have to have a huge to-go program. And so it just everything everything changes. We were able to adapt and kind of pivot with fuzzies a lot easier than we were at the Jones 747 and this new concept that we we didn't even know the ins and outs of yet. So yeah. um, those those are really the only things we have going right now. We had a bunch of ideas floating around and I feel like we were on the trajectory of probably having some new unique concepts open in the next few years but we're just kind of making sure everyone is safe happy you know staff is doing well restaurants are running smoothly that's kind of what we're focusing on right now and hopefully you know a year from now we'll start moving forward with some of those concepts we have on the back burner. And what's the what's the threshold on number of concepts? So, uh, is it can you have seven and it's really successful? Can you have thirty? At what point in time has it become unmanageable? To, so the good thing about our group is we just kind of develop people within our group. That's how we used to know when okay we can. There's two things we kind of look for like real estate when I have like a gut feeling about a building or a location or a development we don't want to miss out on, that's kind of when we're like, okay, we need to start pushing forward. But the other side is, do we have somebody in our system who's ready to take the next step? And I feel like now more than ever, we have people that we could plug into a GM, a manager role, um, you know, surely from the fact that we have seven fuzzies locations now. So that's 300 employees. And then we have the Jones that has a hundred employees. You're bound to find these leaders within the group. So I think it ultimately is just when you run out of people that can. Yeah. <laughs> can so it's more about the, the people than the concepts. You can come up with concepts so. all day long. I think so. And um, at my last launch party, I had some bartenders from the Jones and they were awesome. Oh, that's great. They were fab. So I know everybody everybody makes you feel like you're a regular <laughs> and that you're meant to be there and I love that feeling cuz I think that's something that you don't get in a really huge city. You don't feel like you're a regular places yeah. and even if I'm not a regular, they make me feel like that. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of the one of the reasons why I wanted to do this as well. Is we we I mean I love to be in the know. We love to go and I know that you're <laughs> like this. I mean, I think that you know, I haven't known you my whole life, but I feel like I, we connect on that level of Absolutely. like, oh my gosh, where where did you where did you go to New York? Where were you in San Francisco? <laughs> what are you going to next? What do you love? I mean, I could probably talk about food and oh yeah. going out to have those experiences more than I could talk about fashion. I mean, and so it is true. Like she's very critical of food. Like <laughs> do, sometimes if I'm like, yeah, I went problem? there, and she's like, you did. And I'm like, yeah. What's wrong with the gathering? Have a problem. Um, my friends make fun of no, me. No, but when you love something, you are like, gone oh, when I love something, sure. I can't stop. Well, do you want to oh, ask awesome. him the question from your family? The, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So Uh-oh. here's we were talking at dinner last night. Everybody's so excited. They think, is it a custard question? It's no, not. No, no. I already got that question <laughs> in. But so so uh, they, they think that Emma and I are celebrities now that we're hosting a podcast that nobody's listened to. But wait, who does? My kids. They They're do. Like, Mom, this is the coolest job ever. This is way cooler than owning a clothing store. What? Why I don't know. Okay. But they're so excited about this. So their question is, fuzzies dust or no fuzzies dust? Oh. 100% fuzzies dust. That's what I mean. I yeah. said. I'm like, we totally What, what agree. is the fuzzies? Yeah. Like the queso and then the dust gets in yeah. the queso. It, it's, like it's like, it's the. It's con- a whole yeah. thing. They say no fuzzies No fuzzy dust. dust. And I just, well, I don't they'll understand grow, them. They'll grow into it. I, I think they'll God, grow into I hope it. so. I have friends that buy, like will buy an entire box of it. Of the dust? And they rub their like fried Thanksgiving turkeys in it. Stop it. Wait, you can do that's that. an oh, yeah. option. Yeah. Wait, I've sold cases. No, of I think you should start packaging it. <laughs> like my yeah. husband okay, was this is another thing. <laughs> Oh my god! Can we get a little link on our website? Yeah, it's fact like the best for okay. Okay. Steaks, yeah. Like what? Yeah. I never even um, thought about promo that. Promo code Action City for twenty percent off your fuzzies dust. Yeah, your fuzzies dust. That was the. Well, it is. I will say, 
It is the number one staple in our house is fuzzies. <laughs> That's and awesome. When you launched the taco night, the I feel family like the pack family deal. pack, yeah. I felt like I'd wanted that for so long. And now the family pack is like, and they won't let me, I have to order ground beef. They won't let me order anything else. <laughs> I want the veggies, but they get the ground beef. So Just it ground is beef. a. The, the I mean, it's like a once a party. week. That's yeah, the awesome. The taco party is once a well, week at our house. Well, Ma- that, was, that was Manny and Cole. They came up with that whole thing, and it worked out perfectly. Obviously, Manny has like an entire litter oh, He's got, he's got a lot of people So it to just feed. came naturally to him, like, oh, let's find ways to feed families and make it easy. And, um, and it's – and I think you asked me like in May, you were like, please make this please make t- a part yeah. of the menu permanently. And I don't think we'll ever be able to take it off. So it, 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 you got your wish. Thank you. <laughs> every now and then I get my wish. Every now and then. So uh, 10 years, like we're looking 10 years for, for mm-hmm. Oklahoma City. Social order too, but also Oklahoma City. Like where do you think we're going to be? Hmm. I think the development around the park is going to be really important. And as the park, Scissortail Park, moves um, across the highway, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be some really cool activations over there with athletic fields. Um, you know, I think COVID was a huge thing for Scissortail Park. Like, everybody oh. knows about it now. It's open. So I think that area around there is going to be really important. Um, I think just finding some of the niche-type uh, concepts that we don't have here. Like there's certain um, genres of food that I crave that I don't necessarily know that I can get here yet. And those are the ones that we'll probably dive into. Oh. And I, 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 Catherine <laughs> knows what I'm talking about, I think. Um, I ask a lot of questions. But uh, I, I still think there's some cool things that we have up our sleeves and I'm excited to get to them. It's just, unfortunately, now's not the time. Um, but it's probably like a little bit okay to be like taking like a look in, like yes. a little it gives bit you like a breather. Just oh yeah. Sort of giving us a yeah. Pause. Or just like a, how can I do this better? How can I be more like, yeah. I mean, it just a d- new perspective. It was, it was a definite check. Like what are we doing? What's going yeah. on? How can we, you know, sharpen our pencils in different areas of our business. And it, it's been um, eye-opening for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you're going to do it this time, the final question. Okay, she made me do it last question. time. I'm even though, do it. Yeah. So we're trying to come up with a sort of a final question to ask every single guest. Okay. And so we're testing this one out to see okay. how it goes today. So your best friend from out of town plans like a spur-of-the-moment weekend trip to Oklahoma City. You pick them up at the airport. Where do you take them first? Okay, so this one is super easy for me because um, some of my best friends from college uh, live in Chicago, and they were like, we have to get out. You know, they had been hunkered down, and so they fl- they flew in to Oklahoma City like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and I did the whole met them at the airport with the signs and like welcome to so yeah. and which I've never done before and they're like nobody's ever done that. <laughs> I've never had that. And happen. so we did kind of a whirlwind tour, which was fun. We went immediately to brunch at Frida, which if you haven't had brunch, I haven't there had yet, brunch. I've only amazing. had dinner. Really, it's okay. amazing. I mean, you can find me at Frida. If I'm not at the Jones, I'm at, I'm at Frida. Um, and then we went to the Jones assembly that night for dinner and Abby um, and her husband, Adam, but Abby was this amazing singer in college and we have music every night of the week now at the Jones because of the pandemic. We wanted to support local artists. So there's a local artist playing every time. And I knew who was playing and I texted and said, Hey, can you call surprise? So we surprised Abby brought her up on stage. She sang your Carly's, Carly Simon, you're so vain. Oh. And um, it was a blast. So, so we did that. There. Then we went to the memorial, obviously. Um, and then we just hung out. At, they were like, you have a pool? Nobody has a, <laughs> Nobody pool, has in has a pool in Chicago. So we hung out at the pool a lot. So Well, your yeah. pool is pretty amazing. <laughs> well, I have been you. in your backyard. You have, yes, you have it's attended a party there, too. maybe one of the best backyards in Oklahoma City. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. So... 
well, that sounds like my perfect day yeah. and I live here. So I think I would have <laughs> yeah. been psyched. I, no, I want to go to brunch now at Friday. I've been, yeah, it's dinner. Great. But I didn't even awesome. realize they had a patio and we went oh, the other yeah. night and sat outside and I was like, love the patio. How come when I drive by, I don't, yeah. I, it's like kind of hidden behind some trees. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Also, have you been to Palo Santo yet? I took oh, Lee. Yes, we went. Okay, Lee good, took me. Good, good. And it was, there was some, there was a whole group doing like a photo shoot, maybe for oh, a store. Wow. They came okay. and they opened up that big garage. And okay. it was, and there was, there were tons of people lined up outside at the window at Loaded Bowl. Okay, It cool. was kind of happening It's down a good there. spot. Good spot. That's another little, not everybody knows about it mm-hmm. yet, but good I loved it. spot. And I also think just to kind of, you're talking about Scissor Tail Park. I was really thinking about this when you were talking. In a way, it's a blessing that Spark hasn't opened yet because now you have a built-in mm-hmm. customer yeah, base that's true. already Very in Scissor Tail Park. I mean, I've probably been there 10 times since yeah. COVID started. I mean, we went down, we had yeah, went, breakfast at Stitch yep. that Brian also sort of helped get going. It's yeah, amazing. It's, now we walked over to you. the Scissor Tail We No, we drove, but then we walked all around Scissor Tail Park. There yeah. were tons of people out there. Yeah, I mean, the farmer's market is a blast. Yeah. So. I think you already have this momentum going, and mm-hmm. as soon as you open Spark, I think it's just going to launch it even farther. I, th- I think so, too. At first, we thought we were going to have to bring people to the park, They're but there. now it's yeah. it's built in. <laughs> so, well, okay. Thank you for coming. Thank you all very much. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. And thank you for being our I Literally, OKC we story. are so grateful. Like, beyond, <laughs> yeah. you will never understand how grateful we are <laughs> that you said yes, because when we like, we're like, we have no idea if these people. If they're going to say yes, yes or... Text, I was like, okay, I'm sending the text. I'm sending the text. <laughs> we were literally, I mean, yeah, we were like, I don't know. Like, is this going to work? And I hope, I mean, it seems... We love so it fun. here and yeah, we, we want to tell the stories. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Other people who love amazing. it here and who have made a difference. And we did, so we said this to Andrea and we'll say this to you. Thank you for everything that you've done for Oklahoma mm-hmm. City. It makes living here amazing and i wouldn't want to live anywhere else and i've lived in the best cities in the country and i wouldn't want to live anywhere else except for here so thank you i feel the same for both of you thank you we appreciate Appreciate it it. (laughs) okay thank you so much for joining us today we truly appreciate your listening to these stories you can find us on instagram at action city okc or for business inquiries email us at hello at actioncityokc.com action city is produced by black and studios you can find the studio on Instagram and Facebook at Blacken Studios. Creative services provided by Ranger Creative. Music written and performed by Kansas City Bankroll. 